0: Well, I am absolutely thrilled to have the wonderful Jason Christoph with us today. We had Jason with us uh, um, here on Arise Humanity quite a while ago. I think it was a, approximately two years ago, and it had a lot of um, feedback from my chat with you, Jason. Um, it had nearly two thousand views, and um, which you know, I had a smaller uh, audience in, so that was really great. And um, I noticed that the things that we touched on were things that were really in the uh, sort of zeitgeist or the, or the consciousness at that time. We talked about, um, you know, mind control programming and things like that. And that was something that was sort of relatively new for a lot of people at that time. So I'm fascinated to chat with you today. I'd like to introduce you. So Jason is a self-sabotage expert who runs an international self-sabotage coaching school. Jason discovered many years ago manipulative psychology, behavior modification, brainwashing, mental conditioning, and mind control are continually weaponized against the public by media and government to make the public easier to control, govern, lie, manipulate, coerce, and steal from. Jason's work is dedicated to exploring, discussing, exposing, and offering solutions to these modalities of covert public control. And obviously, you know, I'll have all Jason's details at the bottom if you'd like to contact him. Um, Jason, huge welcome. Thank you so much coming all the way across the ocean there. <laughs> <You're-> Dina, thanks. <laughs> you've moved, haven't you? Because you were living somewhere else last time I spoke to you and you've moved countries.
1: <laughs> I think well, I might have been living in Canada prior, yes. and yes. now I live in, in Mexico. I've got my temporary mexican residency so i can spend as much time as i want in the country without uh, breaking any rules and i can sort of come and go as as my home country and i've started to inquire about some other residencies in some other countries so that that there's there's benefits to it and it's not uh, that out of reach for a lot of people they just don't know about it just another one of those great things they don't teach kids in school because they don't want anybody leaving their particular human farm. So <laughs> you have to learn this all, all on your own.
0: Yes, yes. How, how has it been for you? Um, what, what's it like living in Mexico? And what, what's, what's the whole um, shift? Um, has it impacted you um, on, on different levels?
1: Well, I mean, I, I miss Canada, but there's a lot more. The, the weather is very important for health in regards to the sun, uh, humans are just like plants, they need a lot of sunshine, and there's a lot more uh, freedom in Mexico, the The people here are very silently freedom-based, where if there is a push by authority to encroach on their freedoms, they, they snap back very ferociously, and basically things are, the prices are going up in Mexico, because there are so many people moving here, um, to enjoy the weather and enjoy the freedoms. I mean, Mexico didn't did not lock down, and there was some masking required. But in Mexico, if it's um, required by authority, there's a lot of questioning and a lot of non-compliance just just because that's just the way this population rolls. There was some compliance as well. I just find the the Mexican community a little bit easier to, get comfortable in the weather's nice. The food is great. The entertainment's great. And I just figured it was as a good place to set up shop at the age that I am right now. I'm like going on 53. So I figured, you know, I just, I'm not going to retire. I just would like to, and I don't want to go out six months a year and be very cold.
0: Yes. I understand that because I did the same thing. I moved from the South of Australia, Victoria, up to the, sunny climes of i mean, now in Queensland, which is much nicer weather. So I can really relate to that. Um, I, I guess the perception in Mexico, you know, when you think about Mexico is, you know, there is some sort of level of crime with, you know, drugs and things like that. Is that all pretty manageable there when you're living there? It's not around you at all?
1: Well, you have to understand the cycle of public control to understand the news. And they will always, it doesn't matter if you were in uh, Queensland or if you were in Ottawa, Canada, or in your, in somewhere in the United States, the media will always portray your state or your province or your area as the safe area Mm. because they really, I mean, this is a people farm. And the humans are chatteled livestock, and they don't want their chatteled livestock exiting the farm and putting pressure on the system. So they will always portray Mexico as very dangerous, uh, but... If you go to the murder rates for Toronto, Canada, even a place uh, called Jane and Finch, and anybody who's Canadian will know that cross street in Toronto, uh, the murders are well in, I mean, there's people get. I think it's one murder, several murders a day in, in Toronto, but no one ever... No Canadian would ever not drive to Toronto or not fly into Toronto, but they portray purposely that everywhere else is super dangerous and you're really safe in your human farm. So if you're not aware of the media cycle and how it controls you, even in regards to how it reports uh, bad incidences from other places, you'll, you'll always think, you know, at Mexico, they stamp your passport and chop your head off. And no, they don't do that.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fascinating the um, perceptions that we're fed for different places. And, you know, there's a beautiful extended family and community um, sort of uh, feeling there, isn't there, in Mexico. It, that they feel much more potentially, I would imagine, united than a lot of other countries because of they have that that sort of generational connection that many other countries don't have?
1: Well, they haven't been able to infiltrate the Mexican community with the anti-nuclear family ideology of, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the the communist doctrine that is so prolific in the G7 nations. You're, you're That hasn't penetrated down here. Families are very tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no sort of welfare state you, you have to take after your own parents, uh, there is no welfare. There, there is some um, senior citizens uh, pensions, but generally the seniors have to be t- taken care of by the parents. and fa- there is no cousin who lives on the street because he's unemployed or uh, sort of unable to take care of themselves. They take their own in and they, they everybody has to work. In Mexico, there's not a lot of beggars as well. There's not a lot of there's a lot of performers. Even when you go to a street corner, um in the in the town where where I live, there will be street performers at the traffic lights. No one's begging for money because in Mexico, no one begs for money. You have to offer value in order to survive here. So it's a very different cultural um, situation, which of course, you know the the um, the Fra- uh, the franks, uh, is it the Frankfurt School? Well, basically, just communist doctrine really tries to destroy the work ethic, uh, the family unit, and that they the, that sort of psychological operation has not penetrated Mexico at this time. And they're really in Mexico too. It's really hard to infiltrate into the schools with the you know critical race theory or the LGBTQ. Uh, yeah. drag queens uh, um, are, you know talking to the kids or having uh, drag queens dancing for the kids this is not tolerated here in mexico yeah. but it is and it, you know there's nothing wrong with the lgbt community they're actually being taken heavily advantage uh, taken advantage of very heavily uh-huh. by forces they might want to get to know because they're going to throw everybody under the bus eventually and i'm just saying that this this isn't uh, this community this culture is somewhat resistant at this point to the social structures that have been purposely engineered into the west to decay and collapse the society into its own footprint
0: Well, of course, we've seen the incredible um, numbers in the uh, protests in Brazil and all the people standing up there. Would you say it's the same for a lot of the South American uh, communities or the different countries in South America? Yeah,
1: I mean, but these bigger... The thing about these areas too is the the minimum wage is $5 a day, American. So Mm -hmm. when you have people... It's really easy to bowl over Canadians and bowl over Americans because they're not starving. They're not within an inch of their life. The thing about when you want to invoke this kind of communist doctrine or this communist injustice it's most easily done on people that have been fattened on gluttony and luxury because they generally they're 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 not pushing back because they already have this buffer. But in South America, there the buffer is very small. And you know, one man who's upset with a machete who only owns a machete because you took away his five dollars, this is a very dangerous person. And a group of them is extremely dangerous to the government. And the thing about the Western governments. They don't have the power to do anything uh, to the public by force. It all has to be done through compliance. So there's more compliance in a society that's fattened on luxury and gluttony than there is on someone who's living on $5 a day. They're like one day of unemployment away from them starving or their family starving. So there's a desperation effect here. And that's why they're trying to westernize Mexico and they're they're letting it sort of fester right now and starting to you know fatten it fatten it uh, the country of mexico and luxury and gluttony in certain places because that's the first step you have to do to introduce the attack where people kind of sit there drinking the cristal and smoking their cigars and hoping someone else will take care of the problem Uh, so mexico is not safe forever it's safe for now but of course canada australia Uh, the EU and the other, other Anglo nations, because the Anglo nations are are, almost have a genetic cellular code toward freedom. They're being attacked the most ferociously because I mean, this is the agenda. Where's this video going? So I just know how much truth I can uh, tell. Is this going on YouTube?
0: Yes, it is. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm pretty, pretty sure you already got a strike there, but uh, I'll try and watch my, I'll try and watch how I explain it. Didn't I'll talk anything it.
0: About, yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll just see what we can do. I don't think there's any strike in there right now, but uh, I'll make sure to watch my mouth.
0: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. I think we're okay so far, but I will review it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I think you're okay.
0: <laughs> so that that's a fantastic point you make, and I've read that before. That you know, Australia, for example, has been they've given a certain level of uh, quality of life, comfort, so they don't complain. Um, but they um, sort of therefore are just happy to preserve the status quo because, you know, I'm all right, mate, so you know, let's just leave it how it is. And and so I, I've, I think that that's a really fantastic point that you make and the same with, you know, Canada. You know, I think Australia and Canada are very similar in a lot of ways and that level of sort of... Um, passive compliance that, that that is so prevalent in in both the countries um, So do you feel that things are um, shifting for the positive? you know how's your feeling about the overall energy of the planet? Um, for me I get a sense that there is a, a lot of awakening happening and that people are catching on to um, you know how we've been controlled um, do, do you feel that that's happening?
1: Uh, I feel it's sort of a race to the finish line in a way where um, there's been things done to the public where there was a whole bunch of experiments done for maybe the last, we're getting close to a hundred years now. Mm -hmm. And they were very interested in say, let's take a woman, battered woman syndrome, And so they're very interested in the trauma effects on the personality. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were looking through the research and finding that, uh, people that were traumatized are very compliant. And then they found out that they've actually sequestered trauma victims that were sort of, they were abused themselves. And then they abused their kids, and then their kids were also abused. So they found out something special about, it would seem that by the third generation or the fourth generation of abuse victims, that the third or fourth generation had had a cellular code, a behavioral code transition to where they would really do anything they're told. hmm And then they found out that although that, I mean, the research subjects for these experiments were sequestered because this, these things were happening, happening naturally, but they found out that, you know, this physical abuse or the sexual abuse, you could, you didn't need to make like subject the person to the abuse personally you could show screen images of the abuse and you would still have the effect
0: generational cellular memory.
1: Correct. Mm. And so, yes, I'm hopeful, but people might want to be aware that their Netflix shows, their Amazon shows, their Amazon, I think it's called Amazon prime or all these things that have been happening uh, everything from, say, the Oklahoma City bombing to the day after September the 10th and all your shows and a lot of the food you're eating, they have been proven through the research to have the same repetitive trauma-based impacts to elicit this third or fourth generation effect to where they, the person has been not abuse themselves, mm-hmm. but say watching 10 years of Netflix shows about panic, terror and murder and death
0: mm-hmm.
1: has been proven to have the same effect on the human nervous system. Yeah. yeah. So this is being compiled. Alcohol is proven to have this effect. Caffeine is proven to have this effect. Mm-hmm. Um, grading in school, circumcision, and so I have hope, but people should start understanding that the compliance, that is, this is this is the factor driving our sort of five-star first-class ride into the abyss, is the effect of three to four generations of screen trauma and other procedural traumas in order to sort of get at least 30% of the population Having the reflexive obedience of the battered woman.
0: Sure, it's fascinating too because I was listening to a talk this morning by a lady called Karen King, Ston, who was on the SP show. If people, I can't say the words, but anyway, she yeah. was talking about how this, you know, that we mm-hmm. that it's been given out has obedience. It's an obedience uh, platform, so it's got all these mechanisms for obedience and compliance within that as well, which is interesting parallel to what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, too, it doesn't have to have these, I'm sure I know who you're talking about. Mm. And, you know, they can get into different structures and what you were talking about. But the fact is, there would only have to be something that weaken the metabolism. Yeah. So the whole effect of the research or the battered woman syndrome, or what they call Stockholm syndrome, or trauma-based mind control, all you need are things that weaken the system. So when you watch someone on t- a couple actors on a screen, knifing each other, it's proven to weaken the system. Mm. If you eat Doritos or you're not eating real food that your body can process, you actually, obviously you get weaker. I mean, we've all had the hangover, like we're just not that strong the next day. And so this effect that... um breeds compliance, generally as a blanket statement only has to do with anything, not one particular thing, but anything that weakens you. So even if I, you're at work and I say, look, you got to do X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to fire you. Well, if I did 10 years prior of sub prime interest rates and you're making a $100,000 a year as a a nurse practitioner, but you're actually living check to check, you're financially weak. And I set it up purposely with 10 years prior of subprime loan rates where you bought the boat and the cottage and the two cars and you're, you're extended on your credit card. So there's financial weakness that has been purposely set up. There's spiritual weakness where the people think they're just uh, random genetic mutations flying with no meaning flying through the universe on a rock. Uh, there's uh, spirit, yeah. So spiritual weakness. There's there's financial weakness. There's physical weakness. Like if you're ingesting anything that's not good for you, if you're pushing anything under your skin that makes you weak, like just doesn't help your metabolism. This is going to make you weak. And then intellectual weakness where the average person doesn't know how to start a business. They don't know how to cleanse their body. They don't know how to eat. Uh, They don't know how to build financial security. They don't know how to get their residency in Mexico or Paraguay or the European Union. They don't know any of this. Mm. So they're intellectually weak. So we call those the four pillars of strength, intellectual, spiritual, financial, and physical and your compliance will be based on all those four factors.
0: Yes. Everything's so overregulated now, too, that. Um they make it impossible for people to navigate the system anyway because there's so many layers of you know um, governmental procedures and paperworks and things just to do anything and even any my mum who's uh, 93 she was saying just to do anything now in society you know through technology and things it's made so difficult for people to navigate who haven't you know grown up in that system that you just feel like you're not part of society
1: yeah, there, there, there'll be there's all kinds of different uh, weakness modalities mm-hmm. that are proven through this research. So it's not um, they're not made up just off the cuff. No. They're based on the research. Guilt and shame programming is very powerful. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, for example, there is when you are at a public school and they uh, read the national sing along you are also before the national sing-along, you have to declare that you're standing on a sovereign land of the first nations people, which is, is proven to uh, invoke guilt and shame. Mm. And if, if you believe you're sort of a, a walking pathogen factory, uh, there's some guilt and shame there. I mean, I certainly don't want to hurt you. You don't want to hurt me some guilt and shame there. And they've measured guilt and shame like they're when someone's feeling a certain emotion, there's a technology by which you can measure their vibration and guilt and shame are the lowest vibrations ever measured to be coming out of the human body. And again, there's a weakening. So happiness and joy and deep thought are near the top. And guilt and shame are at the bottom for megahertz vibratory frequency. And it really weakens you. Like if you think you're a bad person, if you think um, your your breath is a weapon, if you think you're bad because of your skin color, um, there's shame, 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 guilt, shame, and guilt. And that's weakening as well. So all these all these modalities of third generation, fourth generation, trauma, uh victimization have been weaponized against the public so they do sit there there's a th- at least 30 percent of the population sitting there unable to mount a response because they're weak in the four pillar categories
0: sure and that's why i have my lion here <laughs> just to remind people that to tap into the inner warrior the inner lion that everyone has one within them and um not to forget that they <laughs> that they have that. So, um, you know, it, it sounds, you know, when, when you're talking about all these different multiple factors that you, humanity is up against, it sounds a little overwhelming and, and perhaps a little hard for people to overcome. So um what are the ways that that you would recommend for people to To be able to really um, stand strong, like this lion beside me, um, against all these factors that are coming at them. Um, You know, I know that you 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 used to run a gym. gym. I don't know if you you still do that. I actually, one of my clients, interestingly, Kathleen, she used to go to your gym, and um, she said, "Oh, I I, I know Jason. I used to go to his gym in Canada." (laughs) So I thought that was an interesting synchronicity. But you know, obviously, you're into you know health and fitness you know, on, on, on those physical levels, um, uh, exercise, nutrition are very important to you, as well as obviously the mind, the mental body, you know, as you mentioned, the four pillars. So, so what advice would you offer to people to, to be able to step out of this? And also I think the importance of um, not only being non-compliant, but having the ability to expose the truth of all these things that are happening so other people can learn from that. What, what are your thoughts
1: on that? Well, I think people should understand it's not for everybody and not everybody's going to embrace it, but it is about progress. It's not about perfection. It's about going full circle back around to the four pillars and understanding the first pillar that is sort of the, the cornerstone pillar of all the other three areas is your physical health. So if you don't have physical health, you can't really have top financial health because your brain will figure out the finances and business ideas for you. And if it's polluted with unhealthy habits and unhealthy foods, uh, it can't work. If If you're not vibrating at a higher healthy vibration, and it's proven that if you're healthy, your vibration is higher, they can measure that. You're not gonna really connect to the the reason or the consciousness that is in everything around us regarding why you're here as a human being
0: perfect. and
1: intellectually i mean all the schools that we've all been through have given us books that are so boring and and so futile that we've been conditioned without our knowledge to not want to read any more books. And I don't blame people for not wanting to read any more books because the books we were given were given to us on purpose to make us so disgusted with picking up a book that we want nothing to do with it. So this is going to hurt our intellect and we're not going to have the strength, the energy to start moving up to the summit of our best life if we don't have the physical strength. Can I so just the-
0: mention something there, Jason? Yeah, sure. I did. Um, I majored in English literature, as well as you know, I did psychology and sociology and stuff at uni. When I didn't realise it was all about mind control programming because I was too young, but it was interesting because I remember doing the literature there, and also even at school, and all the books were so negative and morose and dystopian and you know all tragic and all the Charles Dickens did all tragic and sad and, and I used to think why don't they give us things to read that are actually uplifting and feel good but it was always these dark you know sort of energies in the, in the books that we were given to read um, through the whole educational system I really noticed that.
1: Well, it was to bump you along into that th- third or fourth generation. You know, you go from this tragic book, uh, you know, the Dickens books, everybody's poor, eating the dirt off the floor, that kind of <laughs> book. Well,
0: all orphans. <laughs> you
1: know, they're all orphans and struggling. And don't forget, it's been shown that, you know, really the, the thing that scares the children the second most intensely is orphan themes. And this is all that's riddled throughout major media but this is what was happening is you're getting kicked down the road. They're kicking the can down the road. You're it's looking like education, but they know they really have to traumatize you. And even, you know, you'd have a coffee. People don't understand that the caffeine is a trauma. it It has a traumatizing effect on the nervous system. So does the alcohol. So they can really get you into the trauma vibration in so many different ways. And the average person, I mean, they limit your information on this technology, which limits your perception. So the people who have, who have limited knowledge would s- see all the coffee shops around, coffee's everywhere, and they just think, oh, coffee's really popular. Everybody loves coffee. I love coffee. It gives me a good buzz. Yeah. And the thing is, they don't understand that there, there are groups of men in small rooms with the locked doors literally saying we got to get to the fourth generation here before we lay down the major attack. And uh, I don't want to be a spoiler alert. You're in the fourth generation, you're in the attack and how to get strong around it. Start with your physical strength. Go to Paul Check's book. Paul Check is C-H-E-K. He's the number one health guru in the world. And his book, very simple to read, is How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, Volume Two, or Second Edition, sorry. Second Edition is a book where you're going to learn how to stretch. You're going to learn how to eat properly, if you know, and fine tune what foods you eat to get the best results from your body. There's never one specific diet. He teaches you how to give your body this and measure the results and bit less of that and measure the results. And this is basically what I do to eat, how I exercise, how I stretch and all the healthy habits that can build the physical strength. So that someone you, you, you can, with this strength in the four pillars area, you need that to morph from it's called the proper rite of passage from child to adult. So children are very compliant because that's a great defense mechanism. If you're weak, like we're weak as children. I I was two feet tall, very slight, 45 pounds or 50 pounds. So compliance and reflexive obedience to authority is a very good defense mechanism when we're children, but it really, you know, leaves us prey if we're an adult and we haven't left that behind in our childhood. Mm -hmm. So in order in old societies, ancient societies used to have these rites of passages, usually 12 years old for females, 14 for males, where the, the child-based coping mechanisms of uh, being agreeable, being a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. being reflexively obedient, and just trying to be the good, you know, the nice lady or the good guy that was left behind and the sort of a more independent, strong, virtuous, moral, and ethical, just person who knows right from wrong and will stand against the group if there be an evil, this is the reason the rites of passage in these ancient cultures were there. Because like if you had a 28-year-old warrior who talked and acted and spoke like a child, it could endanger the entire tribe. So
0: I think part of it can can I say it's the demasculization of men as well, um, the, or the feminization of men as well.
1: Yeah, and the feminization of men, and all these things are sort of multi-pronged attack. Mm-hmm. A caffeine lowers testosterone, alcohol lowers testosterone, even the, the third leading pesticide in the United States called atrazine. Mm-hmm. There was a professor at Berkeley University in California. His name was Professor Tyrone Hayes, he was hired by Syngenta uh, or Surgenta to test atrazine, and he tested it on the research animals, and it turned them homosexual and uh, and also left some of them infertile or, you know, unmasculinized, like demasculinized, like feminized the uh, the specimens. And he reported back and he was fired and said he would be sued if he came out with his findings. And that's just like one lane of attack to make like men are supposed to be the strength of the tribe. Mm -hmm. And so if you weaken the males and if if we notice today and we're not going to mention too much, but there's a lot of males hitting the floor. There are some females hitting the floor, but we notice a lot of sports males hitting the floor yeah. because there's there as the lady was talking about potentially on the show you were talking about it would appear that the concoction is specifically designed to um not be able to be removed from the body in the presence of testosterone. Mm, yes. Which is which is they they found out about other heavy metal compounds they testosterone appears to interfere with the detox pathway in the liver. So if I can push some heavy metal under your skin, it will circulate and do more damage in a male body than a female.
0: Mm -hmm. So they've shown in studies too, for the, you know, the teenage boys the incredibly um, detrimental effects on them with, you know, this as well yeah
1: and we so but but again i like to tell people like this isn't new because if we go back 30 50 even 100 years this effect of poisons really hurting men more than females is very prevalent in direct attacks well i believe direct attacks on reducing the numbers or re- and if there happens to be some males left over uh they're feminized even the um there was this B- BPA, this bisphenol A. There was a documentary called The Disappearing Male that was put out by the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, the CBC, and it investigated bisphenol A, and they found that it was literally a compound that aborted males in the womb. Mm. Mm. So if if a male was in the womb and it was conceived as a male it's very likely that it gets spontaneously aborted if it's a female the female comes through so all the disappearing male the premise was there's there's a lot less males yeah. and when the if a male happened to not be spontaneously aborted under the influence of BPA they were feminized they had what's called microphallus or small penis Uh, they had small scrotums, they had um, different of like, these documented effects of being feminized.
0: Yeah.
1: And even in war, when I was in grade four, in a private school in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada, you know, again, with this uh, exposure, like we shouldn't have been learning about killing. But we were because this is all about the trauma. So we would learn about the Civil War where they would, you know, the English and the French or the Civil War in the United States, and they would line up the lines of men with the muskets and put the the power the black powder down the musket barrel with the balls, the iron balls. Yeah. And then volley these iron balls at each other with the two lines of soldiers, literally, like you could blow limbs right off each other's bodies. And I put my hand up in grade four and said, that doesn't look like a way to win a war. It looks like a way to reduce males.
0: Yeah, wow. You were were savvy, even at such a young age.
1: Yeah. And they said, no, it was a gentleman's war. And I said, well, there's nothing really It doesn't seem like there's anything to gain because if I was the general, I mean, guerrilla warfare, let me, let's hide in the bushes and volley and try to sneak up at them at night or, you know, interfere with their supply lines or whatever. And of course I I was correct and I was told not to speak up Mm -hmm. and I was correct because the, the, the amount of males or the strength of males. And then of course, the subconscious, the the basis of all mind control and brainwashing, 90% of all brainwashing and mind control is repetition. And then in the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s and 60s, the males were given media repetition, which of course, this part of the brain called the subconscious will have a magnetic affinity for the the most repetitive themes, because it's a safety seeking mechanism. And it assumes that the most repetitive themes represent the majority And their safety in the majority. Mm -hmm. So they really upregulated all this imagery and messaging about men and how cool they were if they were down at the bar without their wives. And oh, the, the wife's busting my scrotum, and the kids are so hard. And the man was down drinking at the bar. That was the big romanticized image of the male. And it made the male. It was designed to make the males weak. It was designed to destroy the family unit. So these things of weakening aren't new. And if we want to get, go ahead.
0: Oh, what a, another point that I really wanted to make when you were describing with the muskets and everything was now the the analogy of what they're bringing through now. It's not specifically a a war for countries but it's a war through sport you know the competition the division that they create between people when they're on different teams and you know against even pitting countries against each other with you know uh, grand finals of sport or just teams against one another it's that um, that sort of same um, mentality where you're you have an enemy or you have an opponent And you've got to win and you've got to beat them. You know, it's the same sort of thing, but it's just that little bit more subtle where they're not actually literally killing them, but they've still got that really divisive mentality that they're um, really forcing through, through sport and competition.
1: Absolutely. And again, if you limit the information, you limit the perception and you limit the behavior. And with these Olympic Games... Not many people are going to know, like, let's say back to my example of the muskets volleying at each other. Let's say the red coats of the UK versus the blue coats of the French. Not many people are going to investigate to find out that the both the royal family in the UK and the French government are related.
0: Mm -hmm. So this is hitting them. It's the the same people. people against one another. That's right.
1: Yeah. But the benefit is that the benefit of people thinking that they're enemies is that the, the, you know, the UK people can send their strongest men Mm -hmm. and the French can send their strongest men because the more you get rid of the men, the easier it is to govern the rest.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And so all these borders and all these flags and the Olympics and everybody's going down with the flag, it limits perception. Because people will perceive that these are all individual areas run by the thoughts and wishes of the individuals that are there, but it's been pretty obvious over the past three years that, oh, everybody seems to be doing everything at once, there's a mass coordination, and that because the public were given the repetitive content in the direction that all these places were different because of the flags and the borders and the leaders, when really, it ha- there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. They were just sort of waiting to some other things were in place before the massive attack to say, you know what, we're not separate. And we think we have enough power under our belts where and we think that you're the third or fourth generation trauma victim that probably going to sit there and do nothing, even if we take our teeth out and show you your teeth.
0: Yes, because I'm shocked in Australia at how many of um, men, you know, we have a reputation in Australia for, you know, having these big, you know, tough, you know, Aussie men that are you know, homegrown sort of, you know, um, we've got the, the the sunshine and we're, you know, healthy and strong and da-da-da. But so many men, not many men stood up in the whole two years of the pandemic and um, took a stand, you know. It, it, it was the women predominantly that did that and have done that. And, you know, there are a few examples here and there of men, of course, that have done an outstanding job. Um, but, you know, I was just surprised that, you know they have this reputation of being you know big and strong and you know maybe a bit rough around the edges but that they'll that they'll stand up and and they just didn't they they were completely compliant and then you'd see these big you know huge you know massive men going through with with these on their faces and all this sort of stuff and it's like that was not my perception of what Australian men would do given this situation that has arisen and hence you know why i have you here jason to share the truth of of why they're so um indoctrinated by the system well
1: it's it's a formula Mm. and you know you put in xyz you get out abc alcohol is front and center in Mm. australia sort of social networks yeah australia oddly enough has more obese people Um, per I think it's not per capita, but it's per some sort of measurable effect that Australia has one, or they're in the top, they're the top position for obesity, or they're in the second position, and that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that your colony, (laughs) your group, like your human Mm farm, has been inundated with repetitive messaging. That life's about the good time and that health will always take a back seat. Mm. And so this sort of, and like we were talking about earlier, the Frankfurt School, I'll send you a good video on the Frankfurt School because I think people really have to come up to date. Right. Put it in the link so they can understand what I mean by the Frankfurt School. But this sort of the alcohol is being around so long. See, the thing is, someone says, well what is mind control? And I'm like, you're living it. Mm. This is it. It's like asking a fish what water is. Mm. The fish is like, what's water? And I'm like, you're swimming in it. Mm. So what the average person believes is a normal routine of toxic coffee in the morning. And if you want to know how bad uh, coffee is and how much it weakens you just on a physical level, go read Stephen Chernisky's book. Stephen Chernisky, his book is Caffeine Blues. And you'll see, so this is the mind control I talk about. It's all around you. So it's really hard to see. It's like a fish trying to describe what water is. It can't even really understand. It has no point of reference to dry land because it's never been on dry land. The fish has never been there. So it doesn't know the difference. The average person doesn't know the difference between just being free or they're traumatizing themselves. Like caffeine is liquid trauma. Alcohol is liquid trauma. So they're traumatized quite a bit. They've been traumatized in the schools. Yeah. Uh, maybe the men have been circumcised that that's hugely traumatized. some say it's, you can't even recover from a circumcision regarding the trauma that it invokes. It's a, I mean, in ancient Egypt, they called circumcision, the mark of the slave. Right. And yeah. they would do it to slaves because they had a greater propensity to obey because the pain was so intense that you just, it, it triggers this sort of childlike cowering in the corner, p- mental position for life, like, you will know, j- just don't hurt me again.
0: Oh, how awful. And, and and the same with those things that they put in your nose, they used to do, you know, for the testing, they used to do that with slaves as well in Egypt. They put them in the nose and it was a thing that they did to, um, as part of being a slave.
1: Yeah. The, and so a lot of people don't know that they're like the average person would watch Netflix and watch like John Wick or the Equalizer or even like Wonder Woman where, you know, Wonder Woman kills like, I don't know, 15 or 20 people per scene. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that it's that effect that that just watching it yeah. has been shown to have the same impact on your nervous system compared to say you'd hear a story about a child who was abused and they got a rabbit killed in front of them and it and people like oh that's mind control programming i'm like hold on a second you're right you're right. If the child was shown the killing of an animal, that's been proven to invoke mind control and is part of mind control programming, like sort of, um, clandestine mind control programming but when you watch netflix and you're watching all these people murder each other you're not aware that, that watching that has been proven to have the same effect on you as an adult as the slaughtering of the animal in front of a child in a clandestine operation to put that child under mind control
0: There's, so the brain doesn't differentiate as well no. between watching it on a screen and seeing it in real life it's the no same- it doesn't has the same impact. And, um, you know, you can even muscle test all this with your body. Your body has an inner intelligence that can confirm everything that you're saying.
1: Yes, absolutely. You can do the muscle testing. I mean, and the thing is, when you do muscle testing, there's the, you know, the strong response, and then there's the break, which is a weakening response, which means Mm -hmm. it made you weak. And that's, that is the agenda. Is to make you weak so that you don't even resist because you're the third or fourth generation. And this is why they call this um, this programming, this particular type of programming called monarch programming or the monarch uh, operation, because the monarch butterfly, when it flies from Mexico to Canada, it takes three generations of monarch butterflies to do the migration route but they're never taught how to get there.
0: Wow, so there's a
1: I cellular know. imprint yeah. for the route to be flown. Oh,
0: that's, so that's very the
1: third generation, like the, then it would be passed on generation to generation. And they've done this with wolves. They took wolves in Russia. And, and I mean, The the worst kind of wolves that were literally trying to bite through this the wire and the the metal rods that would keep them they're literally trying to bite their way out of metal. And what they did was purposely cull the strongest animals, and this goes back to the musket issue and all the other issues, and then they would let the more docile breed. And then af- after that litter was born, they would again remove the strongest male and it took strongest males. And then it took three generations to get this very vicious gray wolf down to an obedient lapdog.
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: So we can see that the re- this research uh, that I'm talking about they weren't really interested in what's going on with gray wolves Mm. (laughs) they're interested in how can we find this sort of thing and make it look like animal studies and then turn around really quickly and weaponize it against this human farm and this human farm and this is what we're having today
0: Uh, it, it takes me back to this um fascinating story um, where it came, I think, originally from Anastasia from the Ring of Cedars, and she said there was a story where originally what happened was um, they had prisons for people where they'd have jailers and prisons and they were in an obvious physical Prison um, where they were uh, enslaved and being controlled, and they could see that, and they would rebel against that. They'd stand up and try and escape the prison because it was obvious; it was in front of them. And then the um, con- the, the enslavers had this genius um, um, epiphany that all that they needed to do was to mentally. Um, enslave the people so there wasn't a physical thing that they could see around them but they would do it with uh material goods and possessions and through the process of money and so once they that they were part of this um mind um mind program that they had to accumulate possessions and then they had to get money to do that so then in order to get the money they had to enslave themselves within this invisible prison that was exactly the same prison as they had before but there were no physical you know um sort of uh effects of it they couldn't see it physically but it was all internal and then so when that when they started to use uh, money and 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 the accumulation of goods and services and 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 you know things like that that was how they recreated the exact same uh prison but it was all something that you couldn't see and so then pe- because people couldn't see it they had no awareness or knowledge that they were still exactly enslaved in exactly the same way, but they wouldn't rebel because they couldn't see it. It was all hidden. It, it, I love that story because it, it really made it clear to me how this has, how this has been able to be um, fully indoctrinated through, through all of humanity um, in such a sort of insidious and, and, and covert way.
1: Yeah, they've been working a long time to lay down the different layers. I mean, even, you know, the first passports were, I mean, before World War I, you could travel without any passport. You could show up anywhere and stay anywhere as long as you liked. Yeah. And people don't even remember that that was even an option. I mean, in Canada, the first tax was in I think it was like 1914 and they said it was a war tax and we'll repeal it as soon as the war is over. And even before the taxation, we had a post office, we had an army who was paying for that. Well, the owners were paying for that. And um, so this, these are the kind of things, this layer by layer approach, or this death by a thousand cuts, inch by inch, they're backing you up and they're limiting your knowledge the entire way. And if they limit your knowledge, they limit your solutions. They limit your potential and they limit your perception where you're like, Oh, I have to comply because I can't see another way out of it, but they're the ones manufacturing what solutions you see to the point where you're like compliance is I'll take door. Number one compliance every single time. And, um, you know, this is th- this compliance, just like the the these experiments that showed by the third or fourth generation of abuse, the defensive mechanism in the cellular memory was uh, compliance
0: so, just basic survival, um, just
1: survival to the next day. I'll take it one day at a time. I'll do what he says. One day I'll get his slippers one day and then the next day I'll get his newspaper so he doesn't hit me. And then I'll, um, you know, I'll make his favorite turkey pot pie so he doesn't hit me the next day. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like all trauma, though, uh, eventually the abuser does have to hit the abusee to re-engage the trauma. And so we're seeing the same sort of effect where there was a huge beat down in the first, say, year, and then the foot was taken off the pedal, and then the beat down again. And so they're just following the research that's being laid down in regards to the most effective way to traumatize a human and make them compliant. And if anybody wants to see the research on this, they can go read a Dr. Juiced Merleau. And yes, I know it's an odd name. Juiced is J-O-O-S-T and Merleau is M-E-E-R-L-O-O. And his book is... uh, menticide, brainwashing, and mind control. It's a very long title, but you will see that, you know, he studied the trauma-based attacks on prisoners of war. And the best way to do it was you would give them food and be really nice to them for seven days. And then when they put their hand out of the jail cell to get the food and you're their friend, you just, you break their knuckles with a bamboo stick. And out of nowhere for no reason at all. So you, it, it puts confusion into the mind. Am I going to get attacked? Am I not going get, to get attacked? You put the instability in to increase the compliance, you put the confusion in to comp- increase the compliance. And that's why they would say, you can go to a restaurant, but you got to go in wearing this around your mouth. But when you sit down, you can take it off. Because when things make no sense, you're more compliant. So the research was put into play, textbook research about how do I extract the most compliance out of the public? I mean, you had to be in Montreal, they had a curfew at 10 o'clock. So this thing would attack at uh, Mm 10.01, wouldn't attack at 9.59. Everybody everybody (laughs) knows it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But but you don't understand the research is if it doesn't make sense, you do it more. Right. And this right. is why Joseph Mengele, he was the you know, the German World War II doctor, mm. doctor mm. inside the camps, he said, the more we do it to you, the more you can't believe we're doing it.
0: Yes, because they can't rationalize it or or understand it logically. Um, so it just triggers those base reactions, doesn't it? Those survival. It,
1: If you're confused, the base reaction at that point is compliance.
0: Yes. 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 It's fascinating. Um, so do you, I think I sort of um, yeah. nodded to this before, but do you see that, you know, the, the, the golden age or the, or the, you know, ascension for humanity is, um, do you see that that's with everything that you've talked about, that we have the potential to get there? What's your thoughts on that?
1: We, we can get there. The ascension is natural when the physical body is healthy and then all other, the other three pillars of strength start to strengthen up um, without your conscious awareness, without your conscious involvement. So the ascension will have to do with people refinding their strength, And sort of educating on how their strength is taken away as well, because I mean, in the pursuit of finding what makes you strong, you will automatically find what doesn't make you strong or what takes your strength away. Pepsi and Coke. I mean, people have to understand they don't need muskets or, or you know, uh, bayonets or barbed wire or infantry. They send in the pop. Like when you see a Coca-Cola truck going down the road, a Pepsi truck, when you see a Starbucks, when you see a donut shop, where you see McDonald's or Tim Hortons or Wendy's, you have to bring yourself up to speed that they gave up attacking you directly decades ago. And these are how they're they're covertly taking your strength away with the bottle shops and uh, food
0: outlets the yeah.
1: the narcotics, like in Canada, the marijuana is uh, available coast to coast. And yeah. it's, I mean, if you look up these experiments, it increases compliance. Yeah. And so so it it does, does alcohol so, doesn't
0: it? it oh makes-
1: my God, it makes people it makes them on a like a confused brain. It's not hard. Like if you go uh, read the book by Juice Merleau, his famous quote, you can even look it up. Confusion is the basis of all mind control. Just look up his name and put confusion. You'll get like 30 quotes of the of the same quote. And of course, you're not allowed to drive a motor vehicle because your brain's not working properly. And if your brain can't operate a motor vehicle in a logical way, it's weak. So you're already in the compliance part of the psychology and and, and part of the psychic area. Mm. And, And people have to understand, I mean, and this is how far gone some people are. They're like, Oh, they've legalized marijuana because finally the people have won the day and legalized the drug. That's so beneficial. That's when you know you're high because the government doesn't do anything that beneficial to you. I mean, if they don't make you stronger, you're not easier to rule stronger. You're mm-hmm. easier to tax and manipulate and lie to and govern when you're weaker. They're not going to do anything and they do not do anything to make you stronger. You have to awaken. To, like basically in this situation, you have two choices. Either you will pass on or you will voluntary, re, voluntarily remove the childhood based fantasies that have kept you down your entire life. One will pass. It will be your physical body or it will be your childhood fantasies of how this world operates. If you cannot let go of your child-based fantasies, there's a good chance it will be you that passes on. Mm. This is the choice. This is the Ascension.
0: Mm, that That's a really great point. Um because you know when people really fully want to confront the truth of what's happening they just have to really um, mature and and grow up and look things head on and face the 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 emotional fallout from from what that creates and um, I think many people perhaps don't want to face that because um, it feels too much for them so there's that emotional body aspect as well isn't there
1: well the the slave camp is very comfortable and the truth is very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and if you use the frankfurt school of attack you fatten people on luxury and gluttony and you also impre- you know you impregnate their their nervous system to think that life is about a perpetual good time and the body's there for nothing to be like a 24 hour carnival ride that you extract pleasure from with toxic chemicals
0: and we haven't even got to the most perhaps one of the most toxic um things that has been um you know fed to to humanity uh to keep them um in this mind control is is also sugar isn't it yeah the
1: the the, you can see the stages that whatever they had access to at the time these uh families that are all related uh at like say for example for caffeine at first they just had the tea and then during the crusades so- someone stopped by arabia and found the coffee this was like in 1650 the sugar is sort of the same thing it's like it disrupts brain function it weakens the body spiritually mentally and then it's of course you can't isn't it it's hugely toxic. And so they, they really integrated the sugar into everything Mm -hmm. and they've upgraded. It used to be tea time. I mean, the originate, the the original family here should be uh, pretty obvious to pinpoint the UK people. And they, (laughs) they had the tea time because it would, it would sedate. The caffeine is a heavily sedative tranquilizing, Mm-hmm. nerve nerve numbing and frontal lobe deactivating agent hey. so you give the slaves some tea in the morning mm-hmm. and then another tea time maybe at 1 or 2 o'clock to push them through to so they could recover and then come back to the slave camp the next day but then coffee is like two or three or even four times as much caffeine so one of the crusaders came back to the royals and said you won't believe this and not only do we have this thing they call coffee and a turkish coffee will take your head right off (laughs) because the the grounds are right inside the cup um they said we got this other stuff that they would smoke before they go into battle. They call it hashish. And they're like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. This hashish stuff. And so whatever was around, whatever they could get their hands on. And, you know, this is how, when you want to take over a, a people, you send in the drugs. So this is like the UK, um, Fleets would go to China. They wouldn't even land on the docks because the Chinese knew they wanted nothing to do with them. But still, they would throw the bags of opium on the dock and just like swivel around back out the harbor. And then they come back like a year later, like weeks later, keep doing the same thing. Within three years, they called it the Opium Wars. It was a war to keep the opium out of China, to keep the culture intact. And of course, It doesn't matter if we're talking opium in the late 1700s. It doesn't matter if we're talking Afghanistan poppy fields, OxyContin, fentanyl. Uh, Even in the Woodstock, the concert Woodstock in Woodstock, New York, it was actually a faction of the U.S. government that manufactured the LSD. And they know if you're getting an awakening, send in the drugs. Send in the drugs, you'll shut that down in two seconds, because it, it it weakens the people's resolve. And it weakened them so much that most of the hippies that were there doing the drugs, they're actually manning the uh, positions of corrupt authority today in the United States government. So it's a full, it's an old cycle, people have to get used to it. And they really have to let one thing pass, they can let their childhood fantasies pass, or actually their physical body will pass. This is the choice uh, that there are these are the choice they'll have to make, especially in twenty twenty three.
0: Well, the um, whole issue of, of drugs too is that you know our our bodies uh, have a natural innate intelligence, and if you take something artificial uh, or synthetic or artificial and put it into your system and change it in some way or force things, that's not just the natural um, progress or the natural evolution of what's meant to happen because in some way you're changing it or forcing it or something like that. So it's, it's allowing the body just to be in its most natural state because it has this incredible um, sort of advanced, um, you know, awareness within it that that does everything without any help in any way, you know? Um, And and so you just got to allow it to be as natural as possible. And I think what, I'm finding too with, with people in the world at the moment, it's when they become aware, it's them extricating themselves out of all that system in all the multiple ways that we've been within the system, you know, whether we drink tea or have sugar or um, we don't exercise or, and just watch TV or whatever people do, there's all the different ways you've got to work out how is is the system still um enslaving me and what do I need to do to work on my own evolution to completely extricate myself out of that in in every way that I can so um, you've made some amazing points there Jason um, I'm hoping that um, people listening to this that they'll they'll get more of an awareness or understanding of how the the system the 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 globalist agendas the elite whatever you want to call them have impacted us so so you know so so many ways and um I think that comes through really clearly is there anything that you'd like to say um as a as a perhaps a word of um encouragement to people at the moment that are listening
1: well, first thing I'd like to say, I always tell people if you like my information or how I deliver it, you can get on my uh, personal email list, you can email me at Jason at freedom from self sabotage.com. And I have something called the Christoph report that I send out three to five times a week, it's a free Report regarding your
0: podcast is that is that separate to the podcast? No,
1: the podcast is always linked at the bottom, and sometimes wow. I'll highlight a podcast where I rant and rave into the mic. And uh, oh, it's excellent. I said, yes, have a
0: listen. It's, all, <laughs> it's always
1: it's always a good talk. Yeah. But I just tell people, you know, just understand that you can't fight the system if the system's inside of you. Mm. And if you drink the system and smoke the system and eat the system and you're like a, you know, a truth teller or you think you are, you have to understand you cannot fight the system when the system is inside of you. And the people we're dealing with, like uh, Medina, what you were talking about was the vibratory essences. Now, the group we're dealing with here all they worked on for thousands of years was the energetic system. Yeah. And they know that the natural body is hugely intelligent. It's more of a, it's sort of the first radio tower. It can receive information from like our radio towers, throw information out through the air and then receive information through the air. And the human standing upright, and that's why if there's a if there's a big problem with someone in the movie, they cut off their head because it's the head that's the transmission device. Mm-hmm. So you can receive information and you can give it, but only you can get, you can tune into the proper moral and ethical and just channels if you're clean. And that's why they don't want anybody clean. They want people pumping their lips up, injecting this and even myself i've done steroids i've done cocaine i've done lsd i've done shamanistic doses of micro <laughs> psilocybin i've done micro doses i've smoked marijuana i've smoked cigarettes i've done rum and co- like i've 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 been whoever's listening i've
0: done cheesecake
1: <laughs> i've been there but the point the point to make yeah. is that this is all done on purpose. When I would inject the steroids or inject the growth hormone or something like that, they don't care what chemical you make is your own. They limit your perception so that you pick one as your own. So you think you're really special. You're taking your selection off the spinner, spinner rack, of fake freedoms, and it all has to do with picking your poison. Famous phrase in our society pick your poison because your poison will change the vibration of your body. And let me tell you if there's any group that has studied the spiritual world in regards to what happens when your vibration gets low in regards to dark things, yeah, it is this group. Everything that anybody's ever leaked out about spirits or demons or entities or bad behavior or hedonistic behavior, it comes from this group, they know this as fact.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's why they stay very far away from the super super toxins and they make sure that every person you could have a person that doesn't drink and she's like i don't drink but then she pumps her lips up or mm-hmm. she gets some botox yeah. or she or she vapes instead of smoke cigarettes or she smokes or he smokes marijuana or he has a decaf instead of a they don't care mm-hmm. So they don't care what chemical you use because every chemical is adverse to the human body. Unless it's made by nature, it cannot be processed by your body and it changes your vibration. So get healthy, understand that it's about progress, not about perfection. Start reducing your self-abusive attack on yourself by your own hand. Yeah, And do it gradually and get back to a natural vibration and build your four pillars of strength. Start with Paul Check's book, how do you move and be healthy, build your physical pillar. And then the other pillars start to strengthen naturally outside your conscious involvement. So that's what I would say. And if you, again, email me at Jason at freedom from and I can slow drip you for free drip by drip. Information like this, so you can increase your per- perception, increase your strength, increase your options, and start seeing and put away your childhood fantasies that someone who wears a white butcher coat that will not deal with natural modalities is your stairway to heaven. This, this, and a thousand other child based fantasies will have to pass, or you as an individual will pass from this planet, living out and clinging to child-based fantasies.
0: Brilliant. I I also have to mention, uh, because I think it's really important to add in that um, there was a brilliant Dr. Brian, starting with A, I can't say his name, but he just recently (laughs) did a whole thing on the envenomation in all aspects of pharmaceuticals. Um, Not just the thing that we're having now, but, you know, cancer um protocols all sorts of things in from 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 the start you know so um i'm going to do a video on that as well and um just um do it in a way that i can put it on on the channel and um share that with the links because um, I'll have the links on my website because I think that is really important to know that that's been going on as well. Uh, people don't understand or understand the um, level of nefariousness we've been dealing with, and it's not even just potentially, you know, the, the the R families, you know, the the globalist families and the elites, but it's even, you know, um, off world, you know, uh, Draco reptilian energies and all those sorts of things that, that were at the top of the. Hierarchy that we're creating this um, I believe as well. so you know their level of um, advancement and and um, intelligence is 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 you know way beyond ours although our um, God connection our source connection and our is what they're really after because they don't have um, that connection and, and that's our our empowerment so on some level we're incredibly um, empowered with that um, divine connection that they don't have. Um, So that that's why they want to control us so much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're going to win this because God's on our side.
0: Exactly. I'd love to finish with that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You're amazing, Jason. Thank you. Uh, This knowledge is so important to get out into the world. So please, everyone watching, share this video. And um, I think the more light that you hold the more you have the ability to see the truth and to be able to hear the truth and to be able to share the truth so um raising your frequency and your your vibration and and doing all the things that jason talked about will also increase your ability to be able to to hear the levels or the depths of, of dark that have been happening on the planet would you agree with that
1: no absolutely these there's a lot of vibrations that can make us do things to hurt us our kids our communities but if you have the physical strength your radio tower your vibration your broadcast frequency will always push away those dark entities because the higher vibration always works so tune up your radio tower, get healthy and make sure, you know, you you vibrate out the right frequency.
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate your time. All your links will be below and um, thank you. I hope, you know, to connect again um, in the not too distant future. And um, I, I love the messages you're giving into the world at the moment. Thank you.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that was great. i did it there. <laughs>
1: okay. So yeah, you know, I don't, I don't what you could do for me. Cause I'd like the unedited, send me the audio, just the audio. Cause when you record zoom, it'll give you the video and the audio. They'll separate it. Yes. Send me the audio so I can put it up on my podcast.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. May I share some of my contact information to people like the channel? Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you send me the video, send me anything you want me to put in the show notes.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Did Did you enjoy our chat? Were, were you able to cover some new material maybe that you hadn't?
1: Oh yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was good. It's good for people to sort of see it from as long as you don't get too excited or act crazy. They'll usually listen if it's a logical explanation. So.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think, I think we'll get through the senses. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'll get
1: censored. I mean, no. we mentioned the Frankfurt school and uh, but I, that's not going to get anything. The, the only thing they're going to censor now is like what you're doing there. That yeah. that's that's all. Oh, they that always about. get
0: through when I tap.
1: <laughs> yeah, th- that's I never mentioned that, so you're safe yeah. there. And that's yeah. all they're going for right now is anything that, uh, and, you know, the tap is fine.
0: Oh, excellent! And um, if you could send the link for the I think the Frankfurt school. Oh that
1: yeah, was- that that one will straighten people right out in a hurry. I'm gonna. I'll go get that for you. I'll get it for you. When are you gonna launch this thing right now? Are you gonna do it? Um,
0: well, I'm going to edit it either today or tomorrow, and put it up either tomorrow or the next day on my channel. But I can I can send you the audio quicker than that as well. Um, as
1: soon as you send me the audio, I'll send you back the link because it'll re- just when you send the audio, just say don't forget to send me the Frankfurt School of link.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you, Jason. I think I want to move to Mexico because I don't really think Australia is that good at the moment. Well,
1: it's only safe here for, you know, it's not safe forever. It's only safe for a little bit. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'll just
1: keep moving farther down. Like I'll go hide where the Nazis head down in South America.
0: Oh, yeah. That was Argentina, wasn't it? Well, yeah.
1: they, They can go Paraguay, Argentina. I just keep going down there.
0: Although he has yeah. passed now, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he Hitler's
1: passed. Mangala was down there, too. He's passed, I guess. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: Oh. oh, it was so lovely to chat with you. Thank you, Jason.
1: You're very <laughs> welcome. And let me know if you ever need anything.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Oh. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you later.